0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast with your host, Stephen Black, here to share stories, strategies, and support for third culture kids all around the world and all walks of life. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Um, Check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash tckcare, where you can be uh, part of the journey and uh, get access to exclusive content. And today, I'm stoked to have uh, Darcy Neely back in the quote-unquote recording studio, which as you know is Zoom, but um, yeah, it's been a long time, and um, I really appreciate hearing what Darcy has to share. I've heard her speak in person. Um, she's been on the show uh, last year, and so she's back again, and I asked Darcy to come and talk with me about self-compassion. Which I feel like um, may be be a little bit of a tangent off of our discussion from last year, which was talking about um, identity and how being a TCK is not the the summary of your identity. Um, And Darcy introduced me to. um, What's his name? Holy Heresies. You know what I'm talking about? Tim Sanford. Darcy Neely. Darcy introduced me to. Tim Sanford, and uh, we did that episode on holy heresies and the lies that we tell ourselves as TCKs, or the lies that we believe, um, like I have to be perfect, which is the name of his book. And so this is kind of a tangent slash continuation off of both of those discussions, uh, because TCK is not your identity, and um, you don't have to live up to expectations, there's another way, which is, um, a part of it, I believe, is (sighs) self-compassion. Uh, what are you thinking so far, Darcy?
1: <laughs> I think that this um, this topic is perfect for what's going on right now because I think being stuck with myself for the past month has begged for self-compassion. Because um, once all the newness dies down and then you're just stuck in your head with your thoughts or your self-talk, um, it's really easy to become very weighed down, I think. Especially when you don't really know what's going on out there, um, so I think that the timing is perfect for this subject.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. I love the I love the phrase, you know, uh, in talking about um, how sometimes. Uh, people have a tendency to run away from their problems. Like if I if I just move again, or if I just you know get get a different job, or if I uh, change things up on the outside, then uh, inwardly maybe something will be fixed. And I think sometimes sometimes that's true. Like you need to ta- have the courage to change the things that you can change to make your life better. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, like that has to be always has to be accompanied by the inward work and uh, working on your own journey. Because um, the phrase that I, I really enjoy is "Everywhere you go, there you are."
1: Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've found that to be true. And as I mentioned last time I was on here, I mean, I moved over 35 times in my young adult years. Um, and what I found every time was wherever you go, there you are. And the players were different, but the themes were always the same, I think through the whole process. And a lot of that had to do with my own inner conversations Um, so yeah, I love, I love that. I love that saying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what do you think some of those inner conversations are, uh, particularly those that, uh, would be, uh, would be popular uh, for TCKs?
1: Yeah. Um, I think some, some that have come up for me in the, in the kind of the TCK area are if I'm not contributing, then I don't have value. Mm. So if I'm not out Doing and I'm not out baptizing and I'm not out preaching, then do I have value to God just sitting here? Um, I think that's one of them. And then the talk that goes with that is just, I think it keeps us from resting. Because if you're just sitting on the couch doing self care, which for me has been a lot of Cheetos and Netflix this month, then um, Can you rest if you know that you're not out doing something? Does God love you as much if you're just sitting there not contributing to the work of his kingdom? And of course, I think absolutely you are. Um, But I think that's one that I've heard come up for people and for myself. Um, I think another one is just like, ultimately, we've come face to face with the reality of do we trust jesus really to take care of us in this space like Mm. if if the world is coming to an end then what does that look like for me um do i actually trust him and i think in some of the harder spaces for me i i don't like it's hard to do that um and then not and then saying that out loud i feel really guilty because i should trust jesus and i should be okay and i should be saying that's okay if i get this virus and something happens i'm going to heaven But I don't, so in that ambivalence, in that wrestling, am I still in God's good graces? Can I still approach his throne with doubt and say to him, I don't trust you to take care of this? Um, I think that that's not taught to us very often to just come out there and say, yeah, it's really hard for me to trust and I'm afraid, but I shouldn't be afraid, but I am. But the Bible says not to fear, but I'm afraid. So there's this whole inner dialogue that I think is all holy, but, but we're not taught to, to approach it that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really appreciate what you said about trust. And I think that trust is a perfectly easy thing to do when it's theoretical, mm-hmm. right? um, but when it comes down to it. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't always, um, doesn't always work that way.
1: No, yeah. no, no. Um, Yeah, I think for me personally, what's come up is just a lot of self-worth conversations. Um, Because there's a lot of Zoom calls and there's a lot of um, conversations on the phone. But there's none of that face-to-face intimacy to distract from what's really going on inside of me. Mm. And so at the end of the day, when there is no one around, which has been very... I live alone, so it's been very real to me this past month, like when there's no one else around, am I okay? Do I feel like I like myself? Do I love myself? Do I want to be around myself? Which sounds like, you know, a Saturday Night Live (laughs) skit or some cliche thing that you say from a podium, but it really is so significant. Um, Can you live with yourself? Like, Mm -hmm. do you enjoy yourself? Do you feel Loved. I think those are all really deep things that start coming out in situations like this.
0: Mm. I wonder if perhaps for TCKs in particular, some of that is coming from um, the expectations that come with uh, adaptation. In that, you know, when you live overseas in a different culture, there are expectations to adapt and conform to the way of life to that culture. And then yep. uh, when you move, when you're in uh, the your culture of an origination um whatever that might be if i can say it i'm trying to find like some like generalized way to say that but i don't think there is one so i'm just gonna say you're quote-unquote home country right um,
1: passport country yeah
0: yeah sure um <laughs> when you're there there's also an expectation that like you'll uh, you'll play the part um you'll look the part and play the part um yeah. and so i feel like you know, and that's that's understandable. Culture is what it is. And, like, we need to operate within the system in which we're existing. Um, but especially when um, the pieces of that, the pieces of the game, the rules of the game are uh, different from what's happening internally, um, I think that sometimes TCKs can feel like, I have to change in order to be loved and I have to meet expectations in order to be accepted. Um, mm-hmm. And so am I loved truly? What if, what if I'm different and what if I don't ever completely internalize the rules of the game that I'm playing in this culture? Um, Mm -hmm. it's, is, is it just a facade? And if, if the real me were exposed for what, for who I am, would I still be accepted?
1: Yes. Yeah. This is so interesting that this is coming up because, I just had a session with my counselor about this very, this very conversation. Um, so when I moved to Brazil, I was six and or seven. And I was not liked at all. Um, and so I began to just operate from a place of giving. So I thought if I promised them candy, chocolate, toys, that they would be nice to me. Mm. And they were until that stuff ran out and, mm-hmm. um, and then I was being bullied and beat up and called names. and But something inside of me happened, I think, at that point. And I learned that in order to be loved or be accepted, I have to provide something. Mm. And I think the provision that happens in my young adult years and then now into my adult years is I have to be able to offer someone something. Like, I have to be funny or I have to appease them somehow. Or I have to just say, yeah, let's do that. And in that, I am um, forsaking authentic- authenticity for connection. Hmm. And connection is so important.
0: Yeah, but really.
1: forsaking authenticity for it—it's—it's it, it's counterintuitive because it won't get you what you really want, which is to deeply be seen and loved. Right. So it's—it go- goes against the very concept of connection because you're f- pretending to be something. And I don't think we do it out of a place of malice, but. We just want to be known and loved. So we do what we need to do to get that done.
0: Right. It's funny. We want to be known and loved. And so sometimes what we do is <laughs> try to be someone else, Right. which is the opposite of being known. It's being known for what you're not. Mm-hmm. But it's the closest that we feel that we can come to love. Right this is
1: right
0: yeah this is interesting
1: and then when that happens internally when i start telling my th- myself things like yeah you need to be this and be that that's even more complex because then there's a part of me that's wanting to be genuine but then the other part of me wants to appease so there's this inner dialogue that can be really anxiety provoking
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um uh listening to all of brene's brene Brown's stuff on YouTube and reading through one of her books, and it's like all coming to all coming up um I feel like she needs to be on this podcast too sooner or later, but just the whole concept of like shame and um an assuming an identity that's not yours and um being vulnerable uh, in order to be loved it's all just wow, yeah, this is powerful stuff. feel like this this oftentimes shapes people into who they choose to be
1: yeah yeah Yeah. i'm i'm with you i feel like shame especially in my own story and just stories of people i know it it plays such a an evil role in that you don't really notice that it's shame but it is shame like it's so menacing and dangerous but it's so kind of glazed over or um, hidden that you don't even notice that's what's happening.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally.
1: Yeah. It's intense.
0: So I have this picture in my mind right now of like a TCK who is, um, who really wants to be known and be loved. And so there's this battle of like, how much do I, how much do I embrace authenticity versus how much do I adapt? Because adaptation is, um, one of the prime skills of TCKs, and so, how much do I adapt into the image that I think is going to be most lovable/slash acceptable, what have you? Um, so, then on the other side of that, um, what would what would self compassion look like? Then that's
1: a good question. Yeah. Um, I think self compassion looks like embracing all the parts of who we are. Um, a friend said to me recently, we were talking about, you know, hopes for a healthy um, relationship with a partner someday. And, and she said, you have to set your table in order for someone to be able to come eat at it. And so that's been kind of my, um, my go-to image um, that I, I set the table for everybody else except myself. Hmm. so if I'm to set up this beautiful table for myself what does that look like and if I'm to have all the Darcy's at that table 12 year old Darcy 16 year old Darcy six year old Darcy what do they need to be loved and seen and what is true about them Hmm. because I think for years I just well that Darcy's too emotional so let's water her down that Darcy has she's too opinionated and that doesn't work in the church so let's let's kind of wind her towards a different thought process and for years I've just been tweaking these parts of me when that's not how God made me. That's not who he wanted me to be. Um, but I was I felt like I was more palpable that way. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, self-compassion has been to say, No, this is true about me. And this person will this Darcy will sit at the table and she'll be loved and accepted for who she is in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might be kind of um, out there, but that I think in images that that really helps me. Um, but yeah, that's a hard one because if you don't truly know what parts of you are true, like that saying, you can't know God without knowing yourself, but you can't know yourself without knowing God. So how do you learn the true parts of you? How do you embrace the true parts of you? Um, how do we know what parts of us are, coming from a place of unhealth or, um, emotional starvation or things like that. So that, that can be more complex, which I think for me, therapy helps. But, um, yeah, I think to me, self-compassion is just accepting myself like the ugly parts and all, hmm. but that can be daunting.
0: Yeah. Just out of curiosity, have you read the gift of being yourself by David Benner?
1: I have, it's been a while, okay. but I did read that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of what yeah. you were saying just reminded me of that, um, the analogy of like inviting all of yourself to the table oh, and that's right. yeah. Um, you have to know God in order to be, be known or whatever it is. I think I, I, those sound very similar to things that I read in that book, which has been a well while for me too, but th- that was a fantastic book.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. I do remember liking it.
0: Yeah. Um, I yeah. also really like the, I, the idea of inviting yourself at those different ages, um, to come to the table and like who honestly like loves their child self like because everything you did then was childish because you were a child (laughs) and so it's i feel like it can be easy to um, be critical of yourself as a child and yet um if we're to acknowledge that yeah we were children back then and of course we did childish things that's what children do Um, right Uh, I feel like that's something that I'm working on right now is like going through my, going through my memory and giving grace to myself at different stages of my life um, to be the person that I was.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I feel like that could be a really powerful um, exercise for someone who's just getting into um, self-compassion of just telling your own story to yourself, whether that would be journaling or in a photo essay or something and being like, these are the things that I did and this is what was good about me. And this is what I love about myself. And this is what I give myself permission to be at that stage. Um, you know, knowing what I knew back then and uh, being the person that I was in the environment that shaped me. Um, this is, this is who I, who I was back then. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, and not just, okay. It's beautiful. Like it's, yeah. it's part of the whole mosaic. I think, I think one of the, um, the ways I can find shame in my story is as I'm thinking about it, like which Darcy do I not want at the table? And if there's any hesitation there, then there's probably some shame or some kind of hurt associated with that part. And that's the part that feels the hardest to pursue, but it's probably the most healing to pursue.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm
1: -hmm. It is an interesting exercise for sure. Yeah. And I think as I was processing this with my counselor, we were talking about, you know, that what happened to me when I was younger and how I learned to have to provide for others. And, and I remember saying, um, well, you know, if I, if I want that relationship, I have to set the table for that person. And she said, stop. And I was like, oh, no, I said something wrong. She said, no, you set the table for you and then people will come and they'll be able to feast with you. And I thought it was so interesting that my first response was to set that table for other people. But I think that's just what we're taught growing up in the mission world, like Mm -hmm. appearances and adaptation and somewhere in our mind, adaptation becomes survival. Like this is Mm -hmm. how we survive. We adapt Mm -hmm. and somewhere we lose ourselves in that adaptation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Not always, but I think a lot of times that happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you make a good point that a lot of, um, just a lot of mission work is um, being there for other people and taking care of other people. And so, of course, that would become internalized and, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't even say how many conversations I've had of my own, but with other TCKs who say like, I can't do that, that's selfish. I can't like shut them out or break up with them or that's totally selfish yeah yeah it absolutely (laughs) but that's not a bad thing i don't think
0: right um yeah definitely i think something else that um you know oh uh about a year and a half ago uh my family my family was in a really hard place and someone came up to me and they said be as kind with yourself as you'd be with someone you cared about and Mm -hmm. that was a that was just such a powerful, succinct way of phrasing it that I was like, wow, man, if somebody else were um, as sad as I am right now, like I would want them to like be alone for a little bit and get some rest and like get some sleep. And um, I I might like make them a meal or something like hmm, maybe I should do some of that for myself. And so when I am find that I'm the most critical of myself, I'll ask myself that, like, how would I how would I help somebody I cared about If they were in my situation, I'd probably do something nice for them. I should probably do something nice for myself. What is nice for me? What do I like? Hmm. It's, it's challenging and uncomfortable and weird because yeah, I'm being selfish. Um, But I don't think, I think selfish is sometimes, I think sometimes it's underrated.
1: Yeah. That's a great exercise. I'm going to steal that one. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it helps me to picture myself at whatever age that I'm kind of speaking ill and if i could imagine saying that to a friend i would never like i would i say things to myself that i wouldn't be caught dead ever saying out loud yeah and when you start actually saying out loud you're like oh wow and then you start realizing the years of damage that you put on your mind body and soul because you've just been saying these things like a record player over and over and over again
0: yeah totally that's yeah um that also reminds me of like what uh, Tim Sanford was saying that like a lot of the beliefs that we believe uh, those were set in place like before the age of 10, which, you know, how rational is a 10 year old? Um, How much do they know about, you know, life and how you're going to feel when you're in your twenties and thirties. And um, he was talking about like how we like write the scripts for our, for ourselves on these record players. And you have to like find out what those actually are. And then like, Decide to believe something else and start saying something else to yourself and that's like replacing that record for a new one um, yeah I feel like I really like what you said that um, you say things to yourself that you would never say to another person and that it's only when you uh, recognize that and start to um, start to verbalize those that you realize um, that you realize um, what what it is exactly that you're saying and how extreme it might be that yeah. definitely, that definitely is yeah something powerful to think about like if you are feeling hard on yourself if you're feeling ashamed of who you are then like um man that would be another yeah I, I feel like everyone should just stop and just like say everything that you're thinking like write it down tell yourself you know you're a jerk you're you're a failure you're and just see what happens like and then try to yeah. try saying that to your spouse like honey <laughs> you know <laughs> Try saying it to your best friend. See how see how see how right it feels to say that to another human being.
1: All right, or have someone read it that loves you and see their reaction to it.
0: Yes. That, oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah.
1: That, that's a that's a big advanced exercise, but I think it could be a powerful one.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think I grew up um, with the mentality of like, oh, self compassion. It's basically like being nice to yourself and it's ridiculous. Like I kind of just dismissed it. Thought it was maybe for like people who just couldn't handle the reality of life. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that it, it, it really is at the end of the day, it's just you. Like even if you're married and you have kids or you live in a house with a bunch of people at the end of the day, it really is just you. Yeah. There's a solitude in it and, and there has to be, a a trusting relationship and the self-talk that I have breaks a lot of trust with myself Mm. so I've had to do a lot of building bridges even in my own dialogue
0: Mm. one day Darcy when we've got this all figured out we should like come back in time and like tell ourselves the meaning of life and the answer to life and like how to be perfectly loving to ourselves like maybe tell ourselves what's true of us in this situation because i don't think that i always see clearly so oh no
1: so hard to yeah
0: yeah well as we're winding down i wondered you know we said we've talked so much about um we have talked a little bit about like the shame side and then turned it to the compassion side and i was wondering if you would have um I was wondering if you had a final thought for TCKs or TCK people. Um, How do you, how do you embrace life? How do you live abundantly?
1: Uh, um, The first thought really that comes to mind is that I just wish I could tell TCKs, they don't have to keep like bucking up and being strong for everybody else. Like, if there's one gift I could have given myself when I was 18, it would just be the space to acknowledge the reality of my growing up years and of what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be. Um, Because, because life will sweep you away. It's almost like you put your little toe in the river and you're swept away. Mm. And I, I think there is just time for solace and solitude to really think about how we feel about ourselves and Mm. how we treat ourselves. Um, One of my professors said the other day that every relationship we have with a client or every relationship we have at all is a relationship with ourselves. Hmm. And That's so I've been chewing on that for weeks now, but it's so rich in that the way you relate to yourself is how you will relate to others. So there's a lot of wrestling, I think that needs to be done internally Um, in order to be able to love others well and receive love well and and I think ultimately that's what that's what living abundantly is 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 that line between grace and truth with ourselves and with others but living with compassion and boundaries I mean it's it's just all about balance (laughs) like it's it's all about finding that the middle road that's not one extreme or another but I, yeah, I, I would tell TCKs to find someone they trust that they can talk to about this stuff and be honest about what's going on inside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because as as we get older, we come more face-to-face with ourselves. and And I mean, there's, especially during the quarantine, I think there's no time like right now than to just pursue solitude and ask the questions. What do I think about myself? What does God think about me? What is truth? Um, but yeah, I think abundance is love yeah and and loving ourselves is not just cliche or something you put on a mug. it really is it really is the food. I think it's how we nurture ourselves.
0: Hmm. I feel like that goes back to the setting the table for yourself analogy, like you set the table for yourself and you're feeding yourself love.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has given me a lot to chew on. Yeah, also. me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I'm I've got um a couple a couple conversations for my next couple of counseling sessions with my counselor. <laughs> so <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>
1: uh well, awesome.
0: thank, thank you so much, Darcy, for um, for coming and sharing with us on the podcast. And if you are listening to this and need someone to be compassionate to you, um, you can find us on tckcare.com slash connect. Um, we are here for you. We, um, we all of us care about each other, um, and I want you to be. I want you to be okay. I mean, you know, not really to be codependent. Messed up if you're messed up, but if you need help, if you need compassion, please do reach out. If you're feeling alone, like you're in isolation and you're stuck with yourself, then please do reach out. Thank you for listening to TCKK the podcast. This is your host Stephen Black, and I hope that you are listening to this on your favorite podcast listening platform. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave me a five star rating and review. Check out patreon.com slash Care where you can access exclusive content and be a part of the TCK Care Podcast community and stay tuned next week for another fantastic show. See you then.